This is the 401 Podcast. Join Rhode Island sports journalist and basketball scribe Kevin McNamara with guests from the Ocean State sports scene and beyond. Now, here's your host, Kevin McNamara. Hello and welcome to the 401 Podcast on Kevin Mac Sports. I'm your host, Kevin McNamara. Thank you for joining me. Well, we've talked an awful lot of college basketball over the last several months, and we'll definitely be checking in with coaches and uh, media people from college basketball throughout the summertime. But a kind of lightning bolt New England Patriots news event came down this week with the retirement of Julian Edelman. Been very fortunate to cover the Patriots throughout my long career here in New England, but especially in the last several years, going to three straight Super Bowls with the Pats, seeing them win twice, and following Julian Edelman. Just a very unique, talented player, slot receiver, one of the all-time great Patriots. He will be in the Patriot Hall of Fame instantly. Uh, There's arguments about maybe him being a candidate for the National Football League Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio one day. I think he's probably going to fall short there. In order to properly frame a career like Julian Edelman's, I'm happy to welcome two old friends to this week's podcast. Jim Donaldson was a a columnist and Patriot beat writer at the Providence Journal for over 40 years. Uh, Saw everyone from Steve Grogan to Tom Brady, covered coaches winning and losing, uh, and did it with a great style. Uh, We're going to welcome Jim to the podcast in just a bit. We also are going to welcome Tom Curran to the podcast. Tom was also a Providence Journal uh, Patriot beat writer for a while, and now he's doing great things up at NBC Sports Boston, and you can catch everything, his TV show, quick slants, uh, his writing, uh, his his kind of constant year-round insight into the Patriots is always valued, and uh, I'm very happy to call both a friend. We're going to start first with Jim Donaldson. So I'm pleased to welcome Jim Donaldson to the 401 podcast. Jim and I worked for, well, too many years uh, together at the Providence Journal, even covered some NFL football. Uh, I would show up from time to time with Jimmy D was at every game, every Patriots game for a long, long time, beginning in the Jim beginning. Well, first of all, welcome to the 401 podcast. Your first of hopefully several uh, visits uh, over the upcoming years. Thanks very much, Kevin. I appreciate you having me. So, Always uh, a treat chatting. Tell me the first time, uh, your first year on the Patriot Beat, was was it 81? 1979. Ooh, 79. Well, needless to say, saw an awful lot of really great players, not only uh, in New England but around the NFL. But uh, I bring you on today to talk about Julian Edelman, a very unique Patriot for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, maybe being he's a seventh-round draft pick out of Kent State, and I don't think even Bill Belichick knew what position to put him in when, when he came into the league. Well, that's the point, Kevin. He wasn't just a seventh-round pick. He was a seventh-round pick who had played quarterback at Kent State. So he's truly a remarkable athlete, a remarkable story. Uh, obviously not a big guy, even for a slot receiver, not a big guy. But to come out of Kent State as a quarterback in the seventh round, and have the career he had. He is truly a, a remarkable athlete. And what a treat it was to watch him for the Patriots. Just, a, a, I think, a great Patriots player without question. You know, uh, Jim, before Julian Edelman, there was Wes Welker, uh, and he became the kind of prototype slot receiver for Tom Brady and the Patriots. Did those two guys maybe take that position 
to a different level, not only in New England, but but maybe around the league. It seemed as if teams tried to copy uh, that, that slot receiver spot. Well, certainly the way they were used and the production, the numbers that they put up, both, both incredible athletes. I mean, what, what a run when you go from Welker to Edelman uh, and continue to get that kind of production over the years. Both really talented guys. and The, the one thing that comes to my mind with both of them, uh, certainly Welker and Edelman perhaps even a bit more, is how tough they were. Mm. I mean, those guys took hits that, that frankly make me worry about them even to this day. But the, the toughness and grit that they showed going the middle, I, I go back to Randy Moss, who for my money was the second greatest wide receiver I've ever seen behind Jerry Rice. And Moss could make catches that I don't think anybody, including Rice, could make. But I don't remember him running that slant pattern, for instance, that Rice ran over the middle so effectively. Randy kind of liked the sidelines of running by people deep, but he wasn't going in there in traffic. And certainly that's something that Welker and obviously Edelman did with regularity and did it exceptionally well. Maybe a calling card for Tom Brady and the Patriots was his ability to do that, you know, two, not even three, maybe a two-step drop and boom, those quick hitters. Is that really where Edelman kind of carved out his niche? Well, that type of precision, you know, Brady Brady, uh, was very fussy about that. If he wanted you to do two steps, it had better be two steps and the ball was going to be there. And if, Mm. if you weren't, he'd give you holy hell and probably lose confidence in you. And the precision of the route running, is it's, it's a good thing you point that out. It's one more example of what an outstanding receiver Edelman was because he not only had great hands and elusiveness and toughness, he ran his routes precisely and exceptionally well. Needless to say, you've been around Julian throughout his career. Uh, just writing something right now, and the, the chip on his shoulder, I think, was bigger than Tom Brady's chip on his shoulder, which everyone is you know, talked about for 20 years, but Julian also, he, he kind of carried himself that way, correct? Yeah, that's a great point, Kevin, because as we as we just mentioned a minute or two ago, who, whoever expected him to make it? Right. You know, what, what were the odds? You look at him and you say, okay, they're bringing him in as an athlete. That's good. What, what harm can you do? Maybe he can help on special teams or do something. And, uh, to come in as, a, again, a seventh-round quarterback and prove that you're that kind of a player. And if you remember, Welker was undrafted. So there's, uh, there's something to be said for that, and maybe it makes you wonder with the mock draft coming up exactly how important that is. But yeah. that's another topic for another time. Sure, sure. And actually, as I'm looking at Julian's bio here, it, uh, in those early years, he, he was just fortunate to make the team because he was basically just a kick returner. But he also says defensive tackles. He had two defensive tackles in, in his uh, well 2011, obviously a, a special teams player as well. Uh we haven't seen many careers where guys begin, uh, forget about a, about defensive players, but uh, as strictly stri- special teamers and then blossom into stars. No, there'd be similarities, frankly, with Troy Brown. If you remember, yes. Troy Brown was yeah. cut by Bill Parcells the first year he tried to make the club out of Marshall. Um, and obviously to, became a Patriots Hall of Famer, a tremendous receiver. And uh, it's funny the stuff that you remember, but what sticks in my mind of Troy Brown more than anything else is the game he played defensive back against the Rams when they were in St. Louis and and played very well, just a phenomenal athlete. And Edelman was the same type of player. If you needed him in the defensive backfield, he could play. Obviously a terrific special teamer. And I think his courage is shown on punt returns. You know, I always, it was felt to me that if I could get anything out of a punt return or other than a catch, just don't fumble it. Hmm. It was a huge boss. But Edelman wanted to catch it and go. And uh, again, he'd just, he'd go in, take hits and go into traffic that other guys wouldn't do it. 
I can't say enough good things about him. Tremendous player. So Edelman's career uh, took a different turn once the bright lights and the playoffs came on. Uh, he's actually the second all-time in NFL playoff history. He trails only Jerry Rice in catches and yards. W- what does that say about a player, besides that he was on some really good teams and played in a lot of playoff games? Well, I don't think, I've always felt, Kevin, and you and I have talked about this in any sport over the years, the truly great players, if they have opportunities, excel in clutch situations. Uh, and I don't want to digress too far. People say, well, how do you say that about Ted Williams who only played one World Series in which he was somewhat injured and batted, I think, 200. Um, you know, clearly, he, that's a great player who didn't get enough chances. But I think the, the truly great players, the Tom Brady's, the Joe Montana's, the Jerry Rice's, uh, any, any sport, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, when, when the bright lights are on and the pressure is on, that's when they want the ball. That's when they do great things. And Edelman was that type of player. I mean, the, the Super Bowl against Atlanta alone, to me, is unforgettable. The catch he made that you wouldn't think he could ever catch on his fingertips and not even a fingertip's width off the grass. Uh, the touchdown catches, the, you know, the, the routes he would run to the end zone, make that quick cut and catch the ball from Brady. Uh, just another example of, of what a great player he was. He was the type of guy who wanted the ball in his hands when the pressure was on and uh, certainly did a lot with it when he got it. The, the Super Bowl winning uh, touchdown catch against Seattle in, the, in that in that great Another, game. Yes, yep. that, that's the route. That's the route I was kind of thinking of. He makes that cut. Bam! There he is. Yeah. There's the ball, and there's not a chance he's dropping it. Yeah. Those to me would be the two definitive ones: the game-winning catch against Seattle. And, uh, well, I say game-winning. It turned out to be game-winning. Malcolm Butler's interception was the real game winner, quote unquote. Sure. But yeah, Edelman had that touchdown, and as I said, that catch against the Falcons that you'll see on Super Bowl highlight reels forever. Here's the easy one, Jim. I know that you're on the Patriots Hall of Fame uh, voting committee. I think you've you've voted on every single one, as a matter of fact. Um, Julian Edelman, I would imagine, snap of a finger in right away. Yeah, as soon as he's eligible, I would think he, I'd have to actually look and see what class, but uh, retiring this year, I can't imagine there'd be anybody on there. Uh, who would beat him out. He's, he's a fan favorite popularity because, you remember, the fans vote. The committee nominates the fans vote. Yeah. Uh, and I think Edelman, given his popularity, would be a, a basically first ballot Hall of Famer for the Patriots. And uh, I think he should be. He'd get my vote, that's for sure. I'd like to take a moment to tell everyone about our good friends mm-hmm. and the great products at Manscaped. 401 Podcast fans, this is producer Kevin Collins here to tell you about our good friends at Manscaped. This tournament season, take care of your hair and your holes with the best tools for the job. We're talking about our sponsors at Manscaped, the global leaders in male grooming from head to toe. Be clutch and avoid the upset with the Manscaped Performance Package to keep all your hair and holes tamed. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the Manscaped movement. And start taking care of your balls today with 20% off, plus free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using our promo code KMAC. That's K-M-C, KMAC, for our exclusive offer. Get the performance package now and receive two free gifts, the iconic Manscaped boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Talk about comfort. These are the most comfortable boxers you'll ever own. And the Shed Travel Bag is perfectly designed for you to take all of your Manscaped products with you on the go. Manscaped has also partnered with the GOAT, Alex Caruso, and the Testicular Cancer Society to raise awareness for testicular cancer. 
men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men ages 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code KMAC at manscaped.com. That's KMC at manscaped.com. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. So, Jim, I think we can all quickly agree that uh, Tom Brady uh, will be in the NFL Hall of Fame, obviously. I think Rob Gronkowski will find his way in as well. Uh, when Julian uh, retired, there was some quick, well, where does he rate? Uh, and then I quickly thought about, you know, throughout this Patriot run, six Super Bowls, we've only seen Ty Law go into the Hall of Fame. I think Adam Vinatieri will also eventually be in, obviously. Uh, we've talked about this with various sports, you and I, that the standards for Hall of Fame, may- maybe you and I have higher standards than others. Is it a conundrum that the Patriots might have less than five Hall of Famers throughout this unbelievable you know, NFL run? I would say yes, and I, I think back to, and this, this, is, this is thinking back, when I was a kid, the great Green Bay Packers teams under Vince Lombardi, and I, I don't know off the top of my head how many of those guys are in the Hall of Fame, but a lot. Mm. Ray Nitschke, Bart Starr, Paul Hornung, Jim Taylor, Willie Wood, Herb Adderley. I mean, it's just a run of guys. And they were a great team, and I'm not saying any of the guys don't belong. I think they do. But comparatively, if all those guys belong in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, then you can make a pretty long list of Patriots who belong in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, obviously, Brady's a no-brainer, Gronkowski, Vinatieri, Belichick as a coach. Uh, and then you get into the discussion of, of other players, and I think Edelman is in that discussion. Uh, I think he belongs in the discussion. That said, I think once you put him in the discussion, I can almost guarantee you that an NFL writer in virtually every other city is going to say, well, if Edelman belongs in there, then so-and-so belongs in there, and they'll quote statistics that prove their point, right. and that, that's when it gets down to a judgment. I think if you were basing it strictly on the regular season performance, Edelman would be a very good player, probably not a Hall of Famer. But his performance in all those Super Bowls, to me, injects him at least into the discussion and uh, I think makes him a legitimate candidate, whether he gets in. Uh, you know, We're not talking about a John Hanna, for instance, who was a, arguably one of the top three or four greatest offensive linemen of all time. Uh, Julian's not one of the certainly, you know, ten or twenty greatest receivers of all time. Maybe to them, maybe not top fifty if you really start listing them. Uh, but he certainly was a great player for the Patriots, uh, Patriots Hall of Famer without question. And I think it deserves to be in the in the discussion in large part because of those postseason performances. Hey Jim, last one, and I have to ask you about. I know you don't follow it uh, as closely as you used to, but th- th- this free agent spending spree by Bill Belichick and and Bob Kraft, it looks as if they really didn't like going 7-9 and nine last season. <laughs> That's a fair <laughs> statement, and I think they made tremendous improvements. Uh, they finally have tight ends again. Yeah, uh, The wide receiving core has improved, but the obvious question, which everybody who watched them last year knows, it's great that now they have tight ends and wide receivers who can catch the ball, but can Cam Newton get them the ball? Yeah. Cam seems, I don't, I don't know him at all. I never dealt with him other than you know superficial stuff in big-time interviews, large interviews. I just don't think he can throw the ball very effectively anymore. He's not the answer. Maybe, maybe they'll be good enough to sneak into the playoffs if he stays healthy, which, again, is a big if because he's most effective as a runner, runs a lot. He survived last year, but I'm not sure he can do it this year. So I, I like the acquisitions. It's certainly a change for them. 
Uh, I think they've added a lot of good players. They're certainly a better team. I just don't know if they've got the right guy at the helm to make them a real playoff contender. Well, they are a contender. I won't say they make them a contender, but a, a playoff team that can go deep into the playoff. Sounds like you still watch these games pretty closely, my man. I watch the Patriots. Sure. That's, uh, I do still enjoy watching them. and uh, uh, I, I miss going to the games. I miss seeing a lot of the guys uh, who were in the press room. You know, I miss, I miss the basketball game, certainly, with you and Billy. And uh, those, those were good years. I was very fortunate to have uh, covered that team for a long time for a wonderful newspaper with a great bunch of guys. No question. Uh, Jim, uh, hit them straight, most importantly, and uh, d- don't give your wife a hard time, please. No, I want her to give me strokes. That's all. Okay, great. Thanks very much, Jim. <laughs> Thanks for joining Thanks, me. Thanks, Kevin. Bye-bye. Please head to Haxton's Liquors on Bald Hill Road in Warwick. For their great party deals, Haxton's has everything you need. All the top wines and spirits, plenty of beer, a huge selection of spiked seltzers, and all the mixers. Haxton's is always ready to serve you, so stop in and see my friends Tim and Bobby Haxton. They do an excellent job with social distancing and air filtration in their giant store. So mask up and say hello to the Haxton's. We're thrilled that they are proud sponsors of Kevin Mack Sports. Very happy to welcome Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston uh, to talk a little Patriots and a little Julian Edelman. Tommy? Where else would I want to be? Well, you know, you, you, your deep roots in Providence, we, we all miss you, but we can track you down on all sorts of platforms, as they say, here in 2021. So welcome to the newest platform Thank here you. in Rhode Island. Uh, Tom, I, I really enjoyed your column on Julian and his retirement. Uh, you obviously wrote a a book with him a few years ago, so you probably know him as well as anyone in New England. Uh, first of all, w- was this a surprise? We knew he was certainly banged up all last season. It wasn't a surprise because I knew that it was really a degenerative situation. Um, but how much can you extract this year from that knee? The situation was this, Kev. You had a little chunk of meniscus that had been floating around for a long time, really dating back to when he tore his PCL while he was at Kent State. And that would cause him some agitation. And the knee, over the course of time, was degenerating because he was just pounding the hell out of it. And then against San Fran last year, another little chunk popped off. And that was causing his knee to lock. And that's why they shut him down, operated, looked at it, and said, well, it's degenerative. Mm -hmm. And as he tried to rehab, it wasn't coming back, really. And it was never going to be without pain. So... I presumed, Kevin, as I think you might have as well, all right, well, being who he is, he's probably going to try and see what happens. And then if July or August come around, he might say, it's it's not working, I'm going to wrap it up. But that obviously isn't the case. A million follows. Uh, One is, it seems as if, you know, from Gronk to Brady to now Julian, and if it's not one you know, iconic, small I or capital I, iconic Patriot after the next. Every couple of years, it seems as if one of these guys wraps it up, uh, gets cut, retires, etc. I, I guess that that's that's just the way of the world in football these days. But, you know, for Patriot fans, it, it can be tough to deal with. Yeah, it's the end in many ways of the 2.0 era of the dynasty. And it certainly would feel the same way it did when Harrison and Brewski and Vrabel and more and to a different extent will fork left but in a different way this is, this is different now though there was no social media you didn't feel as close then as you did now 
through these guys. The Patriots of the aughts were not the same as the Patriots of the previous decade. And there was no branding of uh, of Wes Welker the same way we did with Edelman. He welcomed us into his life mm. in you know very much on his terms. But, yeah, it, it is hard. It is different. There was a, a validation of the Patriots dynasty that I believe occurred with the 14 Super Bowl that Edelman helped get them to. And the 16 and the 18 Super Bowls really, to me, added to his legacy as to who he was. So is there going to be a 3.0 version? I don't know. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I wasn't sure about that happening again in Bill Belichick's tenure until he went off in free agency. But I don't know if they're ever going to play in another Super Bowl under Bill Belichick. This is the end of that era right now, Kevin. Sure. No, it's uh, certainly we can't predict the future here. And, I, and I'll get to that in just a little bit. But it seems as if... As soon as the Julian news popped yesterday, it's like, well, where does he stand? And I guess that's that's you know what us media types do. And uh, if you look at his uh, playoff, uh, you know, numbers and achievements, he's as good as anyone in the last ten years. It's as simple as that. I went back and looked at the the All Pros and the guys with the stats in the last ten years, and it's you know it's Calvin Johnson and it's San Antonio Brown and Julio Jones and and the last couple of years Tyreek Hill. I, I'm I'm sorry. I, I think I'd take Julian Edelman up against all of those guys, but statistically, it's not close. How do we weigh that going forward? You know, obviously a Patriots Hall of Fame and no question. And yet the, you know, the national Tom Currens are like, there's no way he's a Hall of Famer. He doesn't have the numbers. I, I don't know how right, to weigh it I, because play, playoff wise, again, it's not close. Those other guys I just mentioned haven't done squat in the playoffs. I think what's important that people do, and it's it's interesting to me that there's a failure to do this especially on the part of very well-educated national media cohort that now spends much more time on analytics and delving into the numbers and looking at import, that they are so narrow-minded when it comes to Edelman. Mm. With Edelman, you have to consider that he didn't become a wide receiver in the NFL until 2013. I don't think he had 100. I, I look at the numbers real quick again. I just was doing it when I was on my pod with Phil Perry. I don't think he had 100 targets between 2009 and 2012. So his career as a wide receiver in the NFL began in 2013. He missed 2017. Right. He played nine games and caught 61 passes in 2015, and he played six games in 2020. So he had a six-year NFL career as a wide receiver, if you ask me. He won three Super Bowls. He had over 1,000 yards three times. He was a playoff legend by any measure at all. So those, to me, are the things that you would point to when you say, well, he's not even Jordy Nelson. Or he's not even Heinz <laughs> Ward. If you're not doing that, then you're being intellectually dishonest. And my opinion on that is that people are sick of the Patriots and they're sick of what they see as a parochial view in which we embrace the gritty-gutty white guy and turn him from a, a nice player into a legend and the greatest ever. As we talked about, again, with Phil, Edelman did things that Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson can't really do because of how he played the game. He was just as much an athletic freak in the way he played the game as those guys. And you can look at the three cone, and you can look at the short shuttle, and you can look at the highlights to show it. He was uncoverable, but in a different way. He's not a threat from 40 yards out, Kevin, but on third and three. He's the guy. Who do you want to see the ball go to? Calvin Johnson on the outside or Julian Edelman on an option route on the inside. Tom, how about him one-on-one -on -one versus Wes Welker? How, how would you weigh those two? And maybe that's 
that's the most direct comparison because obviously they would played the same position in New England, and yet one had heavy playoff production and one did not. That's a great question. I think that even Josh McDaniels would push back on that notion that they played the same position because West was a true slot and Edelman was an outside receiver as well. And Josh felt as if Edelman was more of an outside receiver um, than just strictly a slot, which is what Welker was. So when you look at production of things they could do, you know, Edelman was a different type of player. um, And I think a little more valuable than West, you know, Edelman could do things to you that Wes Welker could not do, even though he had a 90-yard touchdown in 2011 or whatever it was. It's just, it's different. You know, Welker had Bronk and Hernandez in the early portion of his career. Mm -hmm. He had Moss in another portion of his career to make him who he was, help make him who he was. And yeah, Gronk was around for the 13 to 19 portion of Edelman's career. But there were also times when it was especially 2019. It was just Julian and James White. And Julian had two separated shoulders and cracked ribs, and he still had 100 catches for 1,100 yards. Tom, you spent time in Julian's hometown. You actually spent time, interestingly, in his bed, you said. Yeah. Uh, uh, Without Julian, let's get that clear. Um, His dad had a very unique take on Julian's upbringing. He he was was a tough guy. Uh, I've seen some some uh, you know TV profiles of Julian and Julian's father. Uh, clearly, that had a huge impact on Julian's on-field play. He was a tough son of a gun, almost because of his upbringing. Yeah, and it wasn't that kind of same hard-ass, uh, you wear it on your sleeve, hard-ass stuff. Julian's dad, Frank, is a very sensitive guy, too. So it was fascinating to interact with him and see what it was about. You know, Frank motto is no sniffling no sniffling (laughs) and frank grew up basically as practically a feral child in northern california (laughs) he just was kind of on his own and in high school he developed a work ethic and a direction as a mechanic and built a business he was a musician uh he just was highly accomplished on his own (laughs) by dint of his own work ethic and when he had kids he expected them to work the way he did, and all kids are all different. Julian warmed to the pressure that his dad put on him, but there's no handbook on parenting, as we all know. And there are times in the cauldron of wanting something for your kid that you do and say things that that are uh, that you feel bad about later. And Frank was very introspective. Ah, I was too hard on him uh, with things that I did, things that I said I never should have done. And, you know, the whole family's like, what are you talking about, Frank? Yeah, yeah, it got a little bit ridiculous when you're rolling around on the Babe Ruth field in a fight after (laughs) you threw a brushback pitch on him. But, you know, you did the best you could, and it worked out okay. So I would recommend the book because it's in Julian's voice. I'm not making any royalties on it, but it's a fascinating read on a fascinating guy. Tom, thanks very much. We'll see you at training camp. You know, I shouldn't say training camp, the OT, you know, who, who knows? Who knows what the NFL will allow uh, the players or the media to experience here in the off season. We just keep our fingers crossed. That's all we can do. There's always golf. You and me can play, buddy. There we go. That's where we'll see each other. Appreciate it, Tom. Thanks very much. Well, that's it for this week's 401 podcast. Thanks as always to producer Kevin Collins and to this week's guests, Jim Donaldson and Tom Curran. Thanks also to our sponsors at Manscaped and Haxton's Liquors. We are now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Buzzsprout. Subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy most and shoot us a like. 
and always look for the next edition of the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Thanks for listening to the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Get the 411 on the sports scene in the 401 by subscribing to the 401 Podcast from KevinMacSports.com.